Dark Moon Media. Yeah, we're just keeping it simple right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it simple. We just got to keep it simple. Not to simplify here. Simplify things a little bit. Keeping it simple and working hard. Yeah, you know, they're a good team. Yeah, we started off good there. They're a good team. We're worried about the first five minutes. Obviously, they're a good team. The last 40 minutes. They have a lot of good players. We're going to have to so play a full 60 minutes. Perfect for the whole 60. Full 60. They're still 20 minutes to go. A lot of high-end skill. and we got a great team. They're a good team over there. First five, 10 minutes were really good. They got a lot of depth. They got uh yeah, you won't find that level of effort here. Tick with a side of Tets starts now. Hello. Hello and welcome to Tick with a side of Tets. And they say side of Tets because Tets isn't always here. And guess what? If you're a Tets fan, well, you fucking are because you listen to this. He's the best. He's not here. Uh, I'm in Winnipeg right now and I brought my podcast with me. So this is a non in studio interview that i mean zoom uh yeah a non-zoom this is live well no they're all live this is this doesn't have a computer involved that's what i'm saying t-boat's laughing already in the background our guest this week on a couch a sectional that moves and sways quite a bit when you move around uh because i slept on it last night in winnipeg uh, where have I been? Jeez, me and T- uh, Tets took a little long. I've been uh, coming from the last show. It would have been Nakem, Battleford, Nashville. That's all I do is actually, I was on a 3N uh, tour. So I had to get 3Ns and I got Nakem, North Battleford, and then I got uh, Nashville out of there uh, for the Weiss 40th. If you've ever been to Nashville, all you need to do is go to Tootsie's. Hey, let's see Nashville. Where's Tootsie's? First bar on Broadway. Never left. Go to, well, did leave. Go to another one. Why vary away from Tootsie's? Keep going back four or five uh, trips to Tootsie's. Oh my God, is Nashville expensive when you drink at Tootsie's nonstop? Plus, you bring your wife and she shops because those cowboy boots aren't free. Why, why, how much are those boots? 400? Well, that's only American. Grab that. Oh, grab a couple different hats. And then those are so not annoying to fly home with. Uh, you ever have two hats to come home with and you're like tired and hung over? And she's like, I'm not wearing your fucking little crocodile Dundee hat as your second one. So I'm just in the hole. Uh, massive after Nashville. Uh, Nakem, I'm not out of the hole. Battleford was on the way back. Um... Oh yeah, pre going to uh, pre going to uh, Nashville. I had a show in St. Paul, so I flew out of Edmonton. And then my way back hit Battleford up. That was a beauty. Uh, shout out to Battleford, Dylan. We'll get to that too. We'll talk about. Sorry, a little burp, burp and blow. Um, having a Budweiser terrible zero. There's some non-alcoholics that are all right, but this one's terrible. And my guest right now. Not to sound like a high roller, but uh, I wish we had Instagram on this. But he's drinking Copper Moon right now, Malbec right out of the box. T Bone, you can talk right now, even though I haven't even introduced you yet. I feel like I'm on an episode of Smart List, just waiting for my turn to talk. <laughs> well, I just I was, that was the biggest intro ever, and I'm just sitting here waiting. And I'm oh, like, oh, that's great. That's what we're going to talk about Charlotte Cumber's uh, intro because I was ta- I was just talking about going to Edmonton to fly out and then hitting uh, how to drive back to SAS. So I go through get the Battleford gig. But that was the gig uh, pre going to Nashville. I did in St. Paul and meet up with. Uh, Sean LaCumber. Okay, here. Well, wait, I'll introduce you wait, after wait, this. Wait, wait, St. Paul, Minnesota? No, no, St. Paul, Alberta. Oh, and, okay, okay. And uh, T-Bone, T-Bone is uh, Trevor, or Trevor, Tyler Schultz is the manager of the best club 
in Canada. I've been saying it for years. I've done it 17 years straight. Yeah. That would, yeah. which is like, uh, that's, that's gotta be a record, right? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. No one has played that club every year besides you, <laughs> you know, which is, it's awesome. And it's not awesome at the same time because, uh, rumors notoriously has like, uh, guys that blow up. Like they've had everyone, they've had everyone like Seinfeld, like, uh, Louis C well, Louis CK did it pre being huge and then did post being huge. Like, I yeah. mean, after his, uh, thing. So there's been so, like, you get, and Tyler watches comics. So he'll get like Nate Bergazzi right before Nate Bergazzi gets there and he watches and then he gets like Tom Segura, Rory Scoville guys that clubs would never get. So here's what I've done in my career. And it's hard to get into rumors cause it's a good club. So I got in early and you're like, boom, there it is. And then you either, you can go one way or the other, you take off, you start doing theaters, become famous, or you've been doing it so long, you become irrelevant and you just don't, you can't get back in the club where I fucking kept her at gear five well, the whole time. I will say there is very few comics that we book on a yearly basis. We tell everybody the rotation is 18 and 24 months, but you're one of the few that is on a 12-month rotation, so you're doing something right. All right, on. There we go. Boom, take that. Wasn't even looking for that. Wasn't even fishing for that compliment and got one. I was going to get to, okay, we're still on the trip, um, getting to St. Paul. So I meet up with uh, Sean LaCumber, who... I've always said, I've had him on the show. Listen to the Sean LaCumber episode. He, I think, is the funniest guy in Canada. Like, besides, because John Doerr, I think, is, he's a, he's living in uh, Alaska, right? So. I tell people, Sean is the funniest person I know. Yeah. This is, this is confirmed. Like, this is, and Tyler tells it to my face, too, like that. Like, and I've got, because <laughs> I, I do shows where it's, I feel stupid if uh, I'll go on after Sean. I was like, oh, just because they're like, oh, they might. I don't know. Maybe they need more energy because Sean won't give you like energy. Sean's just a genius on stage. Like I booked, I booked Sean in different things. And if someone came back with a review that they didn't like him, I'd be like, well, it's because you guys are stupid. Like he, yeah. he's so funny. Like your, your non good review just means you have a bad sense of humor. He's, he just pinpoints the funny and everything. Like I get excited when he comes to the club just to like go to press with him or go hang out with him because he, He's not even trying to be funny. He's effortless. He that's he, that's it. He's effortless, and so he doesn't try at anything. Like he should be a he should be a household name, but his and his self deprecation of things uh, is and, and the Saint Paul wraps it up perfectly too. So me and Sean have a uh, gigs together, not together. Like it just happens to be in Saint Paul, which is a small town, and to have two comedy nights happen at the same night, they have this big. Uh, fucking doctor's gala or something so he's got this huge stuffy kind of event in the event center we're in the same building i got to go upstairs to the curling rink but the cur they're both packed but like different types of crowds and i get there he's supposed to be on an hour before me and i was like hey why aren't you uh there going on here he's like oh just and he's just short Excuse me. He's just shot. He's just like pacing in the back, like, Ugh. like, like. He, it's funny because how funny he is. It's like he he's so open about not having like the confidence of doing things. And it's like we all all us comics will hide it in uh, different ways. But he's like, and he's kind of getting shit. I was like, is this the setup? I was like, are you gonna keep all the lights on? Like, and I was like, this doesn't look. And he's, but he won't even the lady's like, is this good? He's like, yeah, yeah, this is good. She introduces him. He starts walking in like that. And then she stops. Like, okay, yeah, so we'll have like a 15-minute intermission. And he turns back because he's walking the stage. And now I'm dying laughing because he's like, he thought he was going on stage. already paid, And now they're losing people because people are going to get drinks. And, that, and then she rouses him back in. 
And then she does his introduction. So he comes on stage. But then she had like other stuff to say, which was incredibly oh, awkward. So now I'm dying laughing, watching him sit in the back, not sit in the back, stand on stage while she's like talking about, hey, here's Sean LaCumber. And for the foundation this year. <laughs> That's such a nightmare scenario for any comic. But Sean is, like I said before, he's the funniest person I know. And if anybody can thrive at that, it's him. He just pinpoints the, the funny in absolutely everything. Oh, it was, it was, it was the best. Like, and I was just loving it from the background because it was so awkward. No, I don't even know how any comic would want to deal with this thing. And then he goes on to like, like talking about what was ever on stage. And I was just, I got to watch him for like five or six minutes and I had to run upstairs. I was like, so good. He's so good. He's the best. He's absolutely the best. And if he lived in the States, he'd be a household name. Yeah, and he doesn't hold back when he like we're talking on the podcast because he told me a crack story once that I literally like I was I couldn't even breathe like how just open he was like I was like crack like crack cocaine <laughs> he just told the story and I was like wow you know that seemed like a story you want to keep it's just he's no filter or anything and has no ego and anything and he's just he tells you that's why he's so good because it's so raw and open and we talk about like we'll always talk about like things going bad and how we feel and it's like oh fuck i'm getting anxiety here <laughs> just we go through like you ever get that guy on stage talking like just quit just quit. everyone's on to you why are you even talking well and for like the people out there who are looking for him he doesn't have anything in terms of albums out there he recorded an album just for sirius xm but he never released the album he just gave it to sirius for the sirius money so in terms of like people trying to find out who he is, it doesn't exist. Like it's so rare. Yeah, I know he because oh, but that's just him. For him, for him to be promoting himself, that wouldn't be Sean. Like that, like can you imagine if he's posting stuff all the time? Like, hey man, just killing it down here. No, like, <laughs> that's his kryptonite. He hates that. Yeah, he I hate, he hates self promotion. Like most Canadian comics are different than the Americans, where they they don't want to self promote. Uh, but Sean is like up to a different level with that. It's 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 wild. Oh yeah, I'm with him too. Like, there's a point of living your life, and then the other point of like, holy shit, I can't imagine being on Instagram. I don't even get how how interesting someone's life that they can. Someone's like, oh, you post every day. It's like post every day, posting pictures every day. Like, <laughs> so I would have to wake up and then take a picture. Of what do we do? Uh, waking up. To, oh, the airplane maker of the coffee maker at T Bone's house because it grinds it. Unbelievable, fresh coffee. So I take a picture of like your coffee maker and then take a picture of me watching a movie in the afternoon. Women talking. Good movie. Uh, and then, oh, well, we went to the Jets game. Could have took pictures of the keg. That seems awesome, yeah, actually. We had a nice night. It was fun. Now that I think of it, that was the greatest fucking day ever. I woke <laughs> up <laughs> on your couch at a big sectional beside it moving. You have any movie you want. I want to watch an Oscar movie. You got, he's got a gym across. You have a gym literally three steps. No, it's, it's ten, ten, step, ten, ten steps. steps. It's a but you have the closest. You're on the second floor of your condo, and the gym is. You have the closest door to your gym, and you have a nice gym in your yeah. condo. I should use it way more than I do. <laughs> when I first moved in, I was like, oh, I'll go every day. And I did. And then uh, I went to Montreal for Just for Laughs. And that just derailed everything. I love how Just for Laughs is in July. Yeah. That's how long it actually physically takes to get over uh, Montreal, the drinking. I just oh. did Nashville four days. Uh, I don't know if I'm five days out right now. Two days of hot sweats and bodies starting to shut down. No, I I cel well not celebrated. I went a little too hard in Montreal, and then I came back. I'm like, oh, it's fine, and I didn't make it back to the gym for like two weeks. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fat piece of shit right now. It oh, sucks. Hard drinking, uh, hard drinking is uh, t- it takes its toll. It takes its toll. But it's so much fun. Yeah, it is. That's the problem. Okay, it feels like this is the opening part, and then now I'll introduce you. Okay. <laughs> well, just it feels like we just got. That's good. I wanted that. I wanted to catch up because there's no uh, Tet, so that was what happened in my uh, week. I think. Oh, then we, me and Tet's usually do hockey. I think his boys, his boy lost out, and, and uh, we were hoping he was going to get called up with the blades because they played in pa i was like fuck that'd be unbelievable because his boy plays for the blades no he's only 15 he plays triple a but they just finished and then they they sometimes call up kids at the end but the blades are in a i know they're the playoffs but they probably want to line up to regina to take that gate well they do want to line everybody up. everybody wants to line up against that. yeah so the, and they're lined up too as of right now so they probably if you needed to lose a game you're like okay boys we're gonna bring up like all our 15 year olds and like well not that the 15 year olds can win the game but i'm just saying uh that you want the pats for that massive massive gate we've never seen anything like it Connor bedard is selling out everywhere he goes and he's not seeing any extra money from that so the teams are Oh, I know. Yeah, it's he's wild. just a junior player. Yeah, junior player doing a huge favor to the league. Like, here, guys, this has never happened ever. I went and sa- I went to Saskatoon, caught him. That was fifteen thousand people in that barn for a league game. It was unreal. So we bought tickets, me and my buddy, mid December, like a month or two out, knowing that he was coming to play, and we got all excited. And a couple days before, people were like. You know he's already left for the World Junior Camp in like Halifax. I was like, <laughs> God damn it! And like I already bought the tickets, and then it, we just I texted my buddy. I'm like, Are we still going to this game? He's like, No, and oh. uh, we didn't go because he wasn't playing. But we had all the intentions of going because he was going to be on the ice. But yeah, there's a chance that the ice play the Pats maybe second round if Regina can beat whoever they're playing the first round. They'd need there's, a massive Bedard show and Tanner there, Howe. There's a chance. And then we're talking about getting some uh, some Winnipeg ice tickets for that first round because the ice is the number one team in the country. And then they don't play in the MTS. The MTS, there'd have to be all, ha- all hands on deck oh. to try to push it to the MTS. They would, they would have to move because the they'd f- have to move the Jets games. Hey, yeah. Jets, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have to need you. We're going to need you out of here. Well, the funny thing about Winnipeg is that there's no mid-size theater or rink so it's either like a thousand people or fifteen thousand you don't have a four or five thousand seater no the whole point when the where's, ice, your, where's the bisons play uh at the university which has like a one or two thousand seat arena that's where the ice play too the ice play in a one thousand seater yes so when you're they, wrong come on no when they came to winnipeg the owner promised to build a new Four or but it 5, must be sold seat. out every night. It must be electric in there because the ice have been the ice are unreal yes. right now. So they sell out a lot of games, but it's only like a thousand people. So when they bought the team and moved them from Kootenai, they promised the WHL they were going to build this four or five thousand seat arena, and then COVID hit and all this other stuff. So there's oh, there's they, just a COVID delay. They've delayed putting shovels in the ground. Like they have the spot, they have everything ready to go. They just haven't built it yet. Oh, we're building one right now, and it's um, taken. They take forever. Yeah. I think we only work like a day or two off, then we get 10 off or something in PA. So uh, apparently someone leaked a news story that the WHL is fining them, I don't know, half a million dollars for not building the rink that they promised to build. And that got um, pushed down immediately because it was all false. And I don't know, there was just, there was a lot of, 
bullshit about it. Oh, someone's yeah. just leaking. You can leak fake stories. Yeah. And then that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Oh God. I want to start leaking stories, but the ice are incredible. Like they're, Oh, I saw the, I've saw two games this year. Uh, no three. Well, two in PA. I saw the ice play and they took it to PA eight one. I was like, Holy shit. There's that. Be- I was looking for, I knew Savoy and geeky Zach Benson. And then I knew Benson, but I was like, man, when you've got Savoy and geeky and Be- Benson looked like the best one that night, he's yeah. so good. And he's obviously draftier this year. Well, they were so bad in Kootenai. Like they were getting like first overall, second overall picks for multiple years in a row. And now these guys are coming of age. So well, be, it's got to be long. How long were they? They've been out of Kootenai for a while now, though. A few years now. I, I don't follow them that well. Like rumors has sponsored uh, them for the last few years. So that's kind of the only reason I know so much about them is that they do a silly a fan tells the funniest joke and wins tickets of rumors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were trying to get on the ground floor with them, and uh, and thankfully we, we did because they're the hottest team in Winnipeg right now. They're yep. number one in the country. The Jets are maybe going to make the playoffs. The Moose are the same boat. So people are starting to to buy into the Winnipeg ice. And even if you mildly bought, bought in, to fill a thousand seats in a city this size would be nothing, especially with a team that's so stacked. I know. Wow. Like, it's like they're playing at the University of Manitoba um, hockey rink, which maybe holds a thousand or fifteen hundred. Yeah, they're selling out, but they should be in a much bigger arena. And their plans are to buy a or to, to build a forty-five hundred seat arena because they approached us asking, "Hey, would you want to bring these comics in that are like bigger than the theaters, but not quite as big as the arenas?" Like Bert Kreischer is a perfect example. Would you help us like fill these? these off nights with these comics they can sell like four or five thousand tickets so how, how big was the theater that uh, Bert just did here Winnipeg's biggest theater holds like 2300 and that's where he was yep okay and uh, yeah and then we went and hung out with him after and had a great time <laughs> it was great it was great uh, you know what I didn't even know if we were going to but uh, yeah he was so generous with his time it was just us and the Jets, and uh, yeah, it was it was a blast. Yeah, because you, uh, me, you, and uh, Tom had that real funny. Li- that was, no, that wasn't. That was with Ian Bag, where that guy got where you got hit in slow motion. Was that you getting hit in slow motion, or someone else in that parking lot? It wasn't me. What are, you, what are you talking about? There was once. Yeah, it was me, you, and Ian Bag. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that slow you're talking motion about hit. hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the the sorry, getting hit uh, in my car when we were like. <laughs> this guy's back this old guy's backing up and he had, did he say he didn't hit you or something no 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 uh, we dropped off Ian at Walmart to go get like socks or underwear so he goes inside and me and you were sitting in the car and you're like that guy's gonna hit you and I'm like uh, I don't know and then he just hits me and we get out and we're like ah What's going on? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even see you. I'm like, God damn it. And like, I got his information. Of course, charged him for it. But yeah. Of course, charged him for it. Well, I'm not going to That guy no longer has his license. Yeah, he, he lost have, it for I sure. I think you might have helped out society by getting that guy. If, you, if you're if you doing two miles an hour and you're not seeing people, didn't see you at all. And uh, I was watching. It's like, Ty, I think you're going to get hit right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a slow motion accident. It was great. Yeah, so speaking of, uh, Bert has his podcast with Segura and you had Segura, uh up here before he gets massive, right? Like just like many, many times. Um, you had him many times. Yeah, he was here like four times before he blew up. Do you remember the ones when we went for lunch with him too? I remember that was a super funny lunch. Did we go for lunch? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 
Oh, obviously you don't think it was super no, funny no, lunch. I'm just remembering now, like, oh, you know what? From being in the business for this many years, everything starts to blend together. Oh, I imagine how many lunches you've had with comics and like really good ones. How many lunches have we had together? Oh my God. A thousand? One thousand <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Two lunches a day sometimes. Uh, no, it's it's been amazing. It's yeah. But um, yeah, there's been a lot. Um, you meet a lot of interesting people in this business and 90% of them are great. Oh, let's do that too. So that's actually, we, I wanted to get into the breakdown, but we got it. I never knew Ty was going to give us a junior hockey talk there. That was nice. Winnipeg junior hockey. Okay. So this is actually the real, like when I think of the real interview start starting, like the questions in my head I had was like, let's talk. So this is what we're going to do. We've got the, the manager of the best club in Canada to get the uh, inside perspective. Cause it's the first time on the show. We'd have an inside perspective and the only perspective of uh, like someone running a club, dealing with all these comics, all that. Oh, before that, that's what I want to talk about. Lacumber in, in what you would call it, uh, getting overpaid in, um, in, in St. Paul. There's a, there's a company. I'm not going to say the name, but there's some of these stories aren't going to have names to them, but it's just funny. Uh, <laughs> they charge you when they pay you after the show. They charge you a dollar fifty interact fee. Like they take it off your check. You're like, really? Come on. And uh, he got overpaid, and <laughs> so they messaged him back. They're like, hey man, we need we need that money back. We overpaid you. And he texts me. He's like, this is like my favorite thing I've ever had to do. I have to email them back, but I'm taking a dollar fifty off. Oh fuck! I laughed and did uh, like I did like little leg kicks. It's so funny. That, <laughs> That's funny. And it's perfect karma, too, for anytime. <laughs> you ever taken a buck 50 off a transaction? No. no anytime people are nickeling, diming comics, like, why? Hey, that's let's start with that. Why you've heard some stories about comics because we're we're in a notorious, notorious business of uh, there's so many good people. No, there's not. There's so little good yes. people. And it, when it gets to the money part of the nickeling and diming, do you know any? Uh, and you don't even need to put names there. A lot of things. Do you know any? Well, the whole, and agents and agents you've dealt whole, with and how you've tried to book certain ones and what they want money. Let's get into it. The Here whole we go. problem in Canada is, is unregulated. In the States, um, managers can only take 10%. Agents can only take 10%. And you can, it used to be someone would try to double dip where they'd be a manager and an agent. And then, I, I experienced that. Yeah. And yeah, then that. eventually they said, okay, you can't be a manager and an agent simultaneously to the same client. So you can't take, you can't double dip. So in the states, it's pretty it's pretty regulated and it's pretty strict. I didn't even sorry. I'm gonna cut it. I didn't even care when I was giving ten to one and ten to the other because the the one that was doing ten was working real hard and the one I wouldn't have had that one without the other one. So that, that I was actually happy with my that and see that was only at, that was at twenty percent. Keep going. In Canada, it's unregulated where um, the average agent fee is like close to 30 percent that's insane like to pick up a phone and especially when the client is specifically asking for a comic you're like oh yeah i can get that comic and they take like 30 to 40 percent it's wild oh so when we started booking outside gigs i tried to start a a thing like we're only going to take 10 percent and we're hoping to start a a movement where it's only going to be like that but uh, no one followed suit, and uh, because no, cause there's money involved, it's the wild, wild west, and like the greed is insane in, in in Canada. It's insane, but I get that I can do that um, with the club because the club does well, and like 
we we're not. Yeah, you guys are sold out. The rumors yeah. is sold out all the time. We're not desperate for that extra couple hundred dollars. Where for us, it's more of like getting the comic more money so that they can survive rather than trying to bleed them dry and take everything they can from a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard of like some instances where the agent's taking 80% of the gig <sighs> when the the client is specifically asking for the comedian. It's not like the agent's like, oh, let me sell you this person who's going to do a great job. All they do is pick up a phone and say, yeah, I can connect you. They connect and they lie and they take 80% of the total fee and it's it's just highway robbery. It's crazy. That's that's the greatest the greatest job ever. Well, <laughs> like, no, it, but like I'm gonna end and be that guy. And I was like, you know what? I I'm gonna be that guy. No, it's a snake oil salesman. <laughs> like that's the equivalent of it. And I'm still shocked that he still has a job because of what he's done before. Uh, like it's 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 wild that that they can they can do that and they justify it like it's insane like they're like listen so there's a perfect example where some agent in canada um had someone call and ask for a specific client so he booked that client and then the client shows up to the gig and the people there like there's they're almost over happy and over excited that this person's there and she's like well how much did you spend for me? Like this is weird that like you're this excited. It's like, oh, we gave you we 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 paid ten thousand dollars, and the comic was only getting two thousand from it. And so she approaches her her agent's like, wait, you're taking eight thousand dollars for this gig? And he goes, listen, two thousand dollars is a lot of money for a gig. <laughs> and like that's how he tried to justify it. And like, uh, she lost her mind on it, this 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 agent and. Obviously, severed the relationship, but like that's that's kind of what exists in Canada. It's it's crazy. Oh, oh. what um what riders or eagles have you had for uh, comics? Who's who's <laughs> came in and um there's been some okay the uh, I, I will name him and like he won't even be my name because he does it for a specific reason. T J Miller has the wildest riders. Oh, but he's a great guy. Great guy. But the reason he does it is so that everything else in the contract or is red. Is red so that he knows that they're paying attention to his request for the lighting, the sound, and all that kind of stuff, which is totally reasonable. But a lot of it's just weird shit. It's like uh, he wants either a drawing of the worst sandwich ever made or a drawing of the yes. worst sandwich. This is the greatest yeah. writer ever or the worst sandwich you could come up with. <laughs> and then he wants um, a vase of fresh flowers and also a vase of dying flowers to remind him of his immortality. <laughs> and a lot of it is just, just so that he knows that you're paying attention. And, but it's no, it, it's funny and it's a, a fun play and like, He's the most um, fun guy to hang with. Like he just, he's he's. What's the best? Bronsons are great friends with him, and they've got nothing no, but this. I have nothing but the them. best things to say about TJ. He's he's an awesome person, and uh, he's told me he's like the only reason I do that rider is just to make sure that you guys are paying attention to the sound and lighting that some people forget about, 
or they have like broken mic stands and stuff like that. So he's just like a, a detail oriented guy. That's See, and your club would obviously uh, rumors treats guys great. Like there's never a really you go there, you get your meal. I remember the original Ross Rumberg was the owner like back in the day, yeah. and I drank a lot. And like I would always get there. <laughs> he was and Ross would have been more of the penny pincher thing. And then Ross is a great guy. Everyone loved him. He he passed on, taught you a ton. Hundred percent, he did. But then you kind of maybe did some tweaking of like Ross we don't need to save money to do this and then Tyler started bringing these bigger acts because he knew the more risk or the more he just knew there was a vision a vision a vision the vision a vision where you can make more money if you spend money whereas Ross you'd say is more conservative he didn't want to spend the money to make that money where well, you would spend the money to bring these TJ Millers in exactly Ross had a uh, a mantra of we're only going to give we're only going to take deals that are 50% of the door where you really restrict yourself with a bunch of the top tier talent because they want a higher percentage. And he just refused to do it because the rumors brand in his mind would sell tickets. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But on the aggregate total, you can make a lot more money if you're bringing in these top name acts and selling out. Like when we brought like Rob Schneider in for the first time, I think we sold out 10 shows. 10 shows. 10 shows in a week with him. And then you're obviously your ticket well, price is going up too. And then, yes, exactly. And Rob missed his first show, um, which, fuck. That must be a nightmare to deal uh, with. It is because then you have to find, you have to add a show on like a Friday or Saturday night at like midnight and then try to move all those people. That's, yeah, because they're not doing their schedules a little different. Yes. And like it's happened many times. Charlie Murphy. Same thing happened. He canceled the first night, so we had to move a bunch of people to other shows. And these aren't just regular... Con- so, say, if I was coming through a non-name, and they're like, oh, Kelly Taylor's not here, we could fill it with the shot of the cup. <laughs> like, we're both, you know, just... Yeah. We're, they're going to be like, okay, oh, we got a good comic anyways to fill in. Whereas if you're going for someone famous, you're like, holy shit, I came for yes. this. So you can't just like, oh, say, we'll give you tickets to the next week's show. Yeah. No, they specifically want to see that artist. Mm-hmm. And... uh yeah, it's it, it, it's a struggle if you can't um, move things around to make them see that specific artist again. Um, so there's a lot of added shows when they miss a flight or something, which they're just so like non-flippant about. They're like, oh, I missed a flight. We'll just cancel the Wednesday shows and everything else is fine. I'm like, no, your fans are gonna be furious. I, and the thing is, I wonder when they look at like uh, like the small say they're huge when they're huge stars coming from the U.S. And you know, they think of all the places they're doing like New York, L.A. And then you think when they come to Sask and Manitoba, they're like, oh, if I miss one show, it's not a big deal. But it's like these are the people that want to see you big time because you can totally. see them way more when they're in L.A. all the time. You can go there. It's not as big of a deal when they come here. Like these people are the ones that really want to see you. And I wouldn't say like them missing shows is intentional and all. It's just no, they 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 sleep in for a flight and it's purely accidental. Um, but they're just like, oh, well, we'll just cancel some shows and we'll just make it up somewhere else. I'm like, you have no idea the amount of work we have to put in to, to I make lo- those shows up. I love coming in the day early. That's the great. I like, but I don't like flying. I like flying like at night. So I have the day at home with my family and then you just boom. And that's what we did here. Like tonight, and we, yeah. And yeah to podcast and catch a game. So that worked, the whole my shit, I'm getting sidetracked easy, but the whole question was about Ross. I was going to say he, when I came to, cause I used to say how rumors treats you good. Like, um, you get there, whatever Tyler knows, I like certain things. There's dark chocolate. If I'm not drinking, there's a vegetable tray or a kombucha or the 
partakes. And if I am drinking, there's a bottle of wine, a whiskey, some beers in a bucket. And so you treat, but I remember Ross used to, because I drink so much, you drink for free there. And I would always get the salmon. And the salmon was the most expensive. The salmon's not on the menu anymore, but it's the most expensive thing. And for sure, Ross is just like watching me eat it every night. He's like, you're the only comic I know that gets the most expensive thing on the menu every night. Because <laughs> uh, Ross was notorious for like being... Daryl Lennox had the great line of uh, when Ross passed, a bunch of comics came back and kind of gave him like a little tribute. And Daryl... And we all did it. Like we all just came in and they put us up. Like we weren't looking for money. It was just, to, you know, have this camaraderie of comics together. And Lennox said the funniest thing. He was like, yeah, we're all here. You know, not getting paid to do this thing. That's what Ross would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first time meeting that legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you see like that, like that guy's a legend, a huge legend. And I met him once at rumors. So talk about how many different legends and people would have come through here that you definitely you, meet a ton of interesting people. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. And I remember when I was in finance, I was trying to leave the club, but every time that I tried to do it, I was just like, well, I'm not going to be able to have like lunch or whatever, just a relationship with this person and this person, this person. It is almost, it's so, it's so addicting to, to be at the club because you don't want to, to sever that ties with all those, those people you've had relationships with. It's crazy. Oh, and the people uh, would, the people would love you too. Like you're, you could be a rock, like me and LaCumber have talked about coming to Winnipeg. People are always like, where's your favorite place to play in Canada? And I, it's like Winnipeg, we're in the States, and you're like Detroit, Royal Oak. And you're like, what the fuck are you just messing with me? You're like, no, but you, you like, you get put up and me and LaCumber, pretty easy going guys. You stay in a condo hotel, you walk to the movie theater, Ty picks you up for lunch, you go for lunch. And the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are usually dead days or open mic nights at other clubs. And you have them uh, sold out. And those shows are a little bit different than your weekend one that can be more energy rowdy. You're, get, you're getting like these perfect pocket, like a people are just in a good mood coming out for comedy. Yeah. Like I say, the people who are coming on a Tuesday night for comedy, they're not coming for a fundraiser. They're not coming for a birthday. They're coming to see comedy. And especially if it's full, those can be some of the best audiences. Um, it's a ton of fun to, uh, to see those nights being filled up and... The crowds are just so appreciative of anybody coming to Winnipeg because, especially in the wintertime, they don't understand. It's like they, they even say to like the headliners that come through, it's like, why are you here? <laughs> like, and it's it's not like it's a struggle to get them here because they have no idea what the the weather is going to be um, four or five months in advance. So they just say yes to the deal, and then they look the week of they're like oh i'm going to winnipeg what's the temperature it's minus 40 what does that even feel like? that's insane <laughs> so they're more curious than anything oh um, yeah it's it's crazy so let's talk about uh so uh, the guy i think is the best in the world right now like I, it's like Connor mcdavid skating you're like oh man it's just this seems like in another level and obviously you still have your Chappelle, your burr but I mean, one that just seems so flawless that you would have had at the club. I think you had him multiple times because I asked you, and then you said 2017 or 18, and I think he's the best in the world right now. Uh, Nate Bergazzi. Nate is awesome. Um, so here's a funny story about Nate. Years ago, when the Comedy Central Presents used to have like their their acts on, um, it used to be like a half hour special, and I used to have it like PVR'd on my TV. And then one night, I just came home from work. And I was still kind of wired from the night. And I'm just like, I put it, I put 
whatever the most recent episode was on, and it was Nate's special, and I watched it, and I just like immediately like after his special aired, I was just like googling who is his manager, and I. Mm, Texted his manager and said, "Feels hey, like hockey scouting right now. Yes. I like this. That's what I like. And it's the only time I've ever done this. Where I that's what always happens. A, a DVD was on my yes. on my table, and I immediately send a message to his manager. I'm like, hey, I want to put an offer for him immediately right now. What's the earliest he can come? And the manager's like, yes, we'll we'll take it. And then three months later, Nate Bargatze was coming to rumors, and we got along. He was great. open three months later, just like that. Come to what year is this? This was like." 2011. Oh, 2011. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was a while. Back. I guess that's 12 years ago. And uh, and then Nate came and kept playing the club for three or four years after that, and then he started blowing up. Um, and then he was here this summer, and he sent me a text like, "Hey, you come to the show?" I'm like, oh, "You know what? I wasn't planning on." He's like, "Here, here's some tickets. Here's some backstage passes. I'd love to see you." And uh, yeah, I took some buddies who were huge Bargatze fans and. We went and talked to him afterwards, and he couldn't have been nicer. And we got. He always pictures. seems very genuine. Like, thank you for coming out. I appreciate this. Hundred percent. And like, he's just—he's always been that guy, and he's one of the funniest people in the world. Um, like I said, he's effortlessly funny. He, I, there's something going on with him where it's like I don't usually I don't watch any. I don't I don't purposely go to watch stand up or something like unless it's Norm Macdonald or something. Now it's like I get to the point where I was like I want to watch more of what he's doing because. He's just talking. It doesn't seem like there's a joke in there. And he's just telling a story. And But each thing where he pauses and just tells like a line, I'm like dying laughing. I was like, well, that's, where, where is this? Con- he can just talk about anything. It's just insanity. That's where he's on a different level where he's pretending like he's not even trying and not even acting like he's doing stand-up. And he's making people laugh. Like that. that is one of the highest skill levels you can possibly get to. Oh, yeah, we're watching Connor McDavid skate on stage right now. Yeah, like where you don't even think he's even trying, and you're just laughing constantly throughout the whole special. That's who I'd have a guy who would, like, and Roy Scoville, and Scoville uh, said something about... uh, About you? No, no, he did say something about you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, when he talked about Margazzi, he said he's making it look so easy, and it's the hardest thing in the world to do. And I was like, that's exactly what he's doing. 100%. Okay, yeah. Scov- we got hammered <laughs> one. Oh, Tyler had Roy Scoville at the club. And I'm a big man of a huge Roy. I, but I didn't know him really then. Very, I knew I knew of him and knew this how was good he was. way before Roy was like any yeah. any sort of fame. He was just a strong comic. But I have like I have Roy Scoville, Nate Bargatze, and like John Doerr as like my three. Those are, three Those are like incredible my three. comics. But we used to joke that um, that car ride was like a time machine because oh, we, we went there. So, so we'll give a little back. So Rory's doing the club in Winnipeg, but I have a corporate with me and another comp, Dan Verville, right? Gladstone. Gladstone? Yep. Oh, and then. No, uh, Gladstone's the city or the town. You oh. and Dan did it in Gladstone, Manitoba. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we were drinking like uh, we I forget who was driving. Was Dan driving? I drove up. Oh, and then yeah. Once then I got there, I told Dan, I'm going to start driving. So you're driving back. No, you're going to start drinking. Yeah. So, so, so yes, then yeah. we get hammered at the show and we're like, what happened on the way home? Like, we're just like, it's like a party. Like, like we're not even making sense. It was like, what happened? Like, we went from like level two to 10 and then we went back to the club and caught the late night show. 
And a regular kilometer maybe wouldn't have put me on, but Tyler's with me and he's like, yeah, go on. And man, there's not, I've done a lot of shows like that. There wasn't all my shows and rumors because I don't do that because I'm, I'm headlining the shows, but we, I was done working at the other one and we've been drinking on the way back, but I shouldn't have did a spot. Cause well, it was, what's funny is remember going to the gym with Rory that day? We went to the gym. We took him to good life and all of us worked out together. <laughs> and I was telling Rory, I'm like, this guy's an amazing comic. I'm talking about you. And like, but we're sober. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And like, I'm like, hey, we might come back and do a spot later. He's like, okay, that's awesome. And then we go and do the Gladstone gig, come back, and we're all pretty fucked up. And uh, I'm telling Roy, I'm like, you're going to love him. He's, that was he's, my worst set ever in rumors in 18 years. And then Kelly goes up and he's just, He's pretty fucked up and doesn't do the greatest. And Roy's looking at me, he's like, this guy is the guy you're talking about? Uh, Which so I get it. I get that, Roy. That's a good call. Yeah. Oh, if you guys haven't, uh, since I just said uh, John Doran, uh, uh, Roy Scoville, they do a thing on Conan. Conan? Conan. 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 I know. Yeah. I can't say it right. They've done it, I think, two or three times. Where Conan pretends that he double books them and they do stand up at the same time. And it's just beautiful. It's so fucking funny. Well, they have such great chemistry that you know that when one of them's going high, the other one's going low. Um, it's a simultaneous like set that just is kind of perfect. It's oh, great. I should try to get John Dore to do the part. I'm you bringing should. John Dore in April. Excuse me, April nineteenth. That Caesar salad from the keg right there. Oh my god! Wonder if the listeners can smell it. Holy Caesar salad. Um, so I should try to get John Doran here. John Doran is uh, this uh, funny business thing. They're doing this big comedy night, and they asked me like if I could get someone like super awesome. And I was like, well, if you're gonna go for like super fucking the best, and can't I go? Let's go, John Doran. And they're like, yeah, okay. He's a national treasure. Oh, he did. He, and I'm like, I should when I should I, I should save this for when I actually talk. Well, I don't know if he's doing the podcast. I'm sure he will. But uh, just a matter of timing, you know how good I am at getting this done. It's 11 o'clock in Winnipeg after a Jets game. Uh, I seen John Doerr do this one set that he just it lit a fire under my ass. It's like, man, I want to take chances on stage because it just seems like that's all he does and it, everything works out. It's beautiful. And then that's when I went as Carlos Pippen in a contest. Do I tell that story or have I told it before? Um, wait, you're talking about the original time you did Carlos Yeah, Pippen? the original, not the that's second a, time. That's a hilarious story. <laughs> when you did it, there's a lot of confused people. Yeah, there was. It, it was lightning in a bottle, actually. It, yeah. uh, the first time it ever went off, it was unbelievable. Maybe I'll save it for John. I'm going to save it for John Dore because it's my only real John Dore. Well, and then when we were in the drunk tank in uh, Halifax. But that, that was on, like a fake joke. The cop, like it's Halifax cops. They're the fucking, what, what else do you expect? They're having a they're just awesome guys they know we're all in for the comedy festival there's famous comics there <coughs> hem says so fucking throw them in the back <laughs> have you guys ever been in a paddy wagon it's just steel seats and i swear to god they teflon it like fuck man, you take a, a mild corner you're shooting across and now they're rough it up and hem says like give them a give them a spin but he goes not too hard some of these guys are tv taping tomorrow <laughs> so I heard that story. Who was in actually in the back of the paddy wagon? Me, uh, John Doerr, and then uh, I think Hempstead's up front. Hempstead, and I don't know if Pew. I don't. I think Hempstead's up front, and Pew's in the back, Hempstead and then maybe was Belleville. definitely up front because he told me the story of 
laughing hysterically watching you guys because oh, they, yeah. they had a camera. Yeah, he says, don't bang them up too bad. They got a TV tape the tomorrow. Yeah. He goes, yeah, bang them up, but not too bad. Some of them are TV taping. So then I think it's Belleville and uh, Pew, I think, in the back. Probably. Yeah. What, that, a, what, what a crew. Oh, boy. That's, uh, that broke my eight months. Not oh, drinking. And well, I met up with those guys. I I was getting phone calls and texts all day that uh, when you guys were out there, it was like, why aren't you here? I'm like, oh, I'd love to be there. I was supposed to go during the pandemic uh, or just before the pandemic, but it was just too busy at the club, but I couldn't get away. And so many people were like, why aren't you here right now? This is the best oh. weekend. I'm like, oh, just making it harder and harder. So, yeah, right there, you'd have Rob Pugh. Great. Dave Hempstead is one of the greatest drinkers. I remember, remember we did that rumor. In rumors, you do a promo video where yes. you'll do um, a video and you'll say the next comic who's coming. And I, I'd do it and I'd joke around and, you know, I'd start cutting some comics down. But then I was like, you forget that people are going to do yours too. So then Paul Meyerhog, a buddy of ours, great Canadian comic. I had him on the podcast too. Listen to his. He got beat up real bad in Fort St. John. Oh, God, that story's nuts. Uh, but then Meyerhog does an impression to be like, hey, Kelly Taylor here, right on. Come on down to rumors. And just like, oh, okay, that's what I sound like. Hubbard, you got some draft, buddy. <laughs> it's going to be meaty, bro. Yes. So uh, I hadn't really met Hempstead, but I'd heard so much about him. And I know Pew, uh, Robbie Pew, real good. But I was like, and then I remember in the promo, I was like, ah, fuck Robbie Pew. I was like, ah, fuck Dave Hempstead. I think I'd like him way more, but he's in Toronto. I hadn't met him yet. And then when I did meet him, I was like, oh, man, as advertised. That guy is f- fun. Like, I mean, fun and zero breaks. He was smoking and he looks at me. He's like, well, come outside. We might as well not stop laughing because we everyone else had to go do shows. And we stayed in the bar drinking all day. We went outside. I forget what happened, but we ended up cry laughing outside. And I was like, fuck that. I almost didn't come out and watch you smoke. <laughs> he he destroys at the club. Like he he like just crushes. And a yawn. Oh, sorry. Um, Ty fell asleep in the game yeah, today. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> he only slept in till noon. I slept in his house. He slept in till noon. <laughs> I'm at the game and I look and his head's dipping. And I was like, oh, I was like, Ty, did you just fall asleep there? Ah, four glasses of wine before yeah, the game. Yeah, a little the too keg, much wine before the, the keg. Um, but no, Dave destroys consistently at the club like no one else. And uh, it's a pleasure to watch him. And he knows he does too. He's He's one of the alphas in Canadian comedy. Oh. Like supreme alpha, like he just he destroys everywhere he goes. I haven't seen him do a bad set. He um, called me. He call, like he calls when you. And I, the beauty of this relationship is like now we're like super best friends. Like after Halifax, like we drank all day, and I was done my shows, and he still had one. And he's like, ah, but his TV taping ones were done, and it's just a spot. So there's five comics, so you can usually get away with it. And I was like, holy shit, we've been drinking, and the show was in the hotel. So I was, like, I was like, he's like, holy shit, I got to get to the show. And, but we were, he didn't want to take a break for partying. So he's like, do you want to come to my room and drink while I shower? Or do you want to go to your room and I'll shower real quick and I'll be right up? And I was like, fuck. I was like, man, you remind me of me when I was 18, but not fucking 45. Like where you don't want to take a break. And I almost took him up on it. I was like, 
why am I going to go to your room and sit there while you shower? Like, either way, I'll go to my room. I got to my room. I went to, I was like, I'll get rid of that email. I went to start this fucking email. Hempstead's knocking at my door. I was like, fuck, bud. I can't even, I didn't even get two sentences into this email. Dyslexic, though. But either way, that could have been an hour. He's one of the biggest beauties in the whole game. Uh, I love the guy to death. He's he's incredible. And then I was super excited to see how he was going to be on stage because I don't I haven't seen Dave perform much really at all. He's a killer. He's oh, I know I killer. know that. And then uh, I watched him, and his like you could tell his cadence was like slower, but it was like slower on purpose because it felt like he had the whole room. And I was like, oh, look who's fucking doing the jokes we made up. Like he was even like that that into the zone that he's doing a show talking about us being at the bar like you know you're like okay that's all true that that's just the guy being super fucking funny right now well there's few comics like him that can consistently kill in any environment um the funny thing about him is he started out as billy bob joe taylor he started out as a cowboy parody or something so right? he has an interesting backstory he i'm gonna got- get a podcast with just, I'm just sorry to cut you off but i'm gonna get a podcast with Dave, too. Me and Dave are going to Inuvik to, together. Inuvik? Yeah. Okay, Inuvik? keep going, sir. Inuvik. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so Dave started out as a like high-level hockey player in junior. Apparently, he got his wrist slashed, and he couldn't grip the stick normal. So he started golfing. And he got a full ride to like one of the top <laughs> like universities in the States. And... Um, was golfing there competitively, and then he got struck by lightning. Whoa. Dave got struck by lightning? Yes. Okay, how... This is ridiculous. I don't know that Dave got struck by lightning. Yes, and went through his whole body and fucked him up. That's why he fucking can drink like that? (laughs) I think that, yeah, that might be his drinking excuse. Um, this guy's the most amazing drinker. Like, I mean, drink and then wake up and he's like, he'll call you at nine in the morning and after a night of drink is like, hey, bud, let's nip this hangover in the in the ass before it yeah. gets us. So I was like, too late. I'm so, uh, yeah, he's okay. Uh, we'll have to get that story from Dave. Go on. Uh, so, yeah, he got struck by lightning and then he I think he quit competitive golf and then moved back up to Canada and started doing stand up comedy. Oh, my God. What a story. He told this other story when we were in Halifax. He's like, oh, yeah, the fucking guy stole. I was in there, and he had my credit card at the cab. And he's like, no, he never gave me this. And he's like, I know he did. And then I could, something was weird. And he had the door open. He's like, just hold on. I think you have my credit card. You're doing something because the, the, this cab driver was stealing credit cards and giving wrong things back. But Dave caught him. And then Dave's like, oh, yeah. And then he took off. I jumped in. He speeds away. I'm hanging out the door. And you're like, oh, man, sounds like a crazy story. But then he's like, oh, here's the video of my house. And you're like, fuck, there is Dave. He's flying out. He's driving away. He's fucking hanging out a cab. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, and, uh, well, now I got to get the lightning story. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it went through his whole body and came out the other side. And, yeah, it was wild. Yeah, so I'll go through, everyone knows if you're, I guess, a listener, that I go through uh, binge drinking and then cleaning the system out. And Dave, when Dave offered me Inuvik, he's like, uh, but, uh, you're going to be drinking, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, because if you're not, you're not coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. He, he likes to. He so he's like, as fun. soon as we get off the plane, we go straight to the Legion. Because he's done Inuvik. Like, I don't know how many, because he's so good, they just keep bringing him back. And, he, and then he gets to bring someone with him. People love him everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh he... So I took him, and then Regina was the other one. We get on a heater together, and he's like, let's nip it in the bud at 9 in the morning. So this is, like like I said, probably three times I've drank with him, but it's just 
like your best friend. Like I've never laughed so hard. Um, what the hell? Oh, so Regina, I had, he was getting flown in and then his show got canceled and he's just there early. And I was like, buddy, I've got two shows in Regina. Why don't you come on? And he's like, no, no, I think I'll be drinking in the back of the room, bud. It's my night off. I was like, fuck, no comic wants to watch another comic. You want to do a guest spot where it doesn't mean anything and then you've got no pressure, but you still want to do stand up. So I was like, yeah, I know you're going to. I'll take you out for supper and then I'll give you a couple hundred bucks cash. So he's like, loves like highest ed golf steakhouse in Regina. We go there. And the waitress falls in love with him because everyone around him just loves him. Because everybody does. And now, because everything he's buying is super expensive because he knows I'm buying it. So it's like she loves him because any question of what we should be getting, it, the bill's getting way bigger. So it's like she knows her tip's getting bigger. And there's, and it golfs, they got um, all the bottles of wine like on the things and they have the price. And <laughs> she's like, oh, what's this? And Dave's like, no, we'll go with this one right here. And then every time I try to talk, she's like, whatever. Like, do you even drink wine? You know, it's kind of like cutting me down. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm paying the bill. But the bill got ridiculous, but it was hilarious because who cares? I've got one of the best comics in Canada coming and doing a couple spots. But each time I would tell the story, I just is like Job off Arrest the Development. It's like, oh, $500 bill. Holy shit. Next to $700 to take this guy out. By the end of the last show, it was like three, 1300 1300 this guy cracked it up to. Uh, he's, uh, he's just, he's literally one of the best. And, I haven't heard many people say a bad word about him. Oh, there was a comic, and I won't mention a name, <laughs> that I know has a really bad rep with guys. And I was like, oh, my God. So I'm not around comic. Can we talk about this off air? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, but I'm I'm not around the scene, like a Toronto scene and that, so I wouldn't know what the actual vibe is. But I know of like guys like, holy fuck, this guy. LaCumber told me a story about him, and it just sounded brutal like went to pick him up at the airport was like five minutes late but like who know the guy never talked to him for like three hours on a ride i was like <laughs> what and like lacumber like we've already talked about him like one of the greatest guys nicest guy so I'm, i've heard these stories and then we're at the festival and so now i'm around all these comics I was like oh this is the guy sorry which fest uh, I'll just say the, one of these festivals. Okay. With, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's here. And fuck it. He kind of gets in and no one's really paying. Hempstead would not. And like I'm talking Dave Hempstead. Everyone loves him. Loves visiting with everyone. Hempstead would not turn his head to fucking talk to this guy. And now I'm watching it without him realizing that I'm taking this all in. Like, look at this dynamic. And the guy kind of leaves. I was like, hey, bud. Couldn't help it but notice he didn't really give that guy the time of the day. And Dave kind of looks over his shoulder like, fucking hate that guy. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, Dave is he's unapologetic with the people he likes and doesn't like. Um, I'm not well, going to name names. No, but I'm not going to name names either. But he's told me a few people. He's like, won't work with him, won't work with him, but I agree with him. Like he he's 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 got to the point in his career where he can pick and choose who he wants to work with and he just doesn't want to work work with people just like people who are pieces of shit. It seems like that where people get when you're at that when you're get like to that fifty and you're comfortable and that you don't want to do this shit this shitty stuff. Like I remember uh John Winks that's uh, when we were on tour about uh loves getting in hates traveling then performing and i was like fuck man i travel seven eight hours and in, in storms to just get on stage in time I was like oh come on but now i realize what he's saying man i love 
I love like slowing down comedy, not making it a rush, like getting there and you can actually like getting in late at night and then you have a day to relax to, as opposed to running in just on stage. You're like, ah, oh, what was I going to say? Uh. Yeah. Well, the adrenaline of like just getting to the gig on time and then being ushered to the stage that, that loses its appeal very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that when you're young and you're like, Oh man, I just I just made the show and like you run up on stage and the adrenaline is kicking, but it's so stressful. You don't want to do that night after night. No, oh, I wanna... did. It's, I've changed in so many parking lots and so many bathrooms. Yes. Still, and I still do. But uh, that that's why it's like if if you if you always had it easy, you wouldn't enjoy when you do get it easy. It's like it's, it's like nice hotels. I love nice hotels, but I stay in shitty ones and I kind of get a kick out of it every time because I pretend. I pretend I'm 19 at the lake, and you're like, well, fuck, this would be a nice place to crash. We never have a cabin. So I tell my place, like, this is a decent cabin. Not a lot of comics go into a hotel room that's shitty. Like, this is a decent cabin room. Well, and I have a similar experience where I really love my job, and um, I've been doing it for a long time. But for the longest, well, recently, I just I get stressed with the little things and I'm just like, I have to take a step back and be like, listen, you have a cool job that a lot of people would want. So those little stressors, don't let them get to you because most people, that's in their life, that, that's, that's the most minor thing possible. And uh, you just have to take a step back and be like, hey, this is actually a really cool experience. Um, so just let it let it pass. It's, it's cool. Uh, whereas most people would just, would relish for the opportunity to be in my position. So I definitely have to take a step back and be like, all right. Okay. So the little things, let's talk about some of the worst, uh, like who's some of the people that are just, were brute. You don't, and you once again, we're not going to say names (laughs) unless you want, you hate them. No, uh, just that we're brutal to deal with. Cause he would deal with so many people. And the other thing you would see is so many people saying that they're good to take, watch this person to do this. There's a lot of comics that try to get into rumors through me because I'm because I'm obviously, if you can't tell, good friends with Tyler here. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're, you're, and it's a hard club to get into. But I say, I say the same thing. Like you and Ross did the same thing. I go, if you're there and you do a spot, he he can read what a video. He knows videos aren't as good, and he knows what live comedy is. This guy watches so much comedy, and he's not going to be tricked. So the thing about rumors is you'll get a good crowd, and Tyler can read through a comic doing good at a good crowd and a comic killing to a good crowd. So if you're not that great and then you get a good crowd to that comic, they'll think they killed where well, <laughs> I exactly. watched a guy do a guest spot and he just thought he was getting fucking headlining next week. That's the funny thing is that uh, comics will come through and most of the time the room is, is set up to succeed and it's you, you will do well, but I can tell if a comic will come through and do well versus Oh, we wasted an amazing crowd on you. Where if someone else was in there, like like you, um, it, it it could have been amazing. It could have been electric. It could have been magic. And I'm like, oh, we wasted a good crowd on you. <laughs> <laughs> we wasted a good crowd on Which you. Sounds bad, but um, from watching so many different uh, performers, they 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 have this delusion that they did really well because. The room is set up for people to succeed, um, and they will succeed. But like, there's different variations of it, and there's different 100%. levels of it that 
they'll come through and they think that they killed it. And I'm like, yes, you did well, but this room is set up for people to kill. And if you can't kill in this room, I can't book you. Um, Remember, and, and it's hard for for pe- people to hear that. Oh and yeah, they don't. No one, they don't no one wants that. to hear that. Oh no, we don't think you're good enough to do the club. Especially after they just get off stage and they think <laughs> they think they killed <laughs> when they did okay. They did marginally better than the last guy, but uh, no, we we want people who will destroy. Yeah, it's like I've always said. You watch, you watch what's happening. I'm, when I got into rumors the first time, how I got in, I was doing Red River College. And then my manager, Tammy McPherson, said, go into uh, rumors because even though I've recommended you, Ross still wants to see you. Because there's a difference between recommendation and seeing the person, too. 100%. So then I seen it. I remember uh, it went good. And then what he told me to take out this one joke. And I was like, yeah, OK. And then he, he always had uh, good informa- good tidbits in that, even yeah. though he was old school. Well, in most good comedy owners will like. They want you to succeed. They want people to, to do really well. And they'll give you a little bit of advice and saying, hey, I saw this little bit. This could be altered in a certain way. But the first time I saw you, I remember uh, texting my buddies and being like, they were, they were hockey guys. I'm like, you were going to love this guy. <laughs> he talks just the way you do. You have to come see him. And they did. And like It was just, uh, yeah, it was... Oh, was, we used to party so hard because oh. right? now it's 17 years. Like at the beginning, and I wouldn't even get to my condo. Like I'd just I sleep know. on Ty's couch all the time. Just yeah. like, oh, I got away on us. Oh. And like, yeah, we would have a, a comedy condo for you. And I think you'd spend more nights on my couch than you would in the comedy condo. Yeah. And that was just from us having a good time every night. Yep, that sure was. Okay, where was it? There's, oh, do you remember the show I did? Where like as like five minutes into getting on stage, the power went out in rumors. Yes, <laughs> I remember and that very specifically. So I mean, like no sound and no lights. So we had and, you, and it, was with, so, it was sold out for someone sold social. Out. We had girls with flashlights putting it on you. The cell phone. Uh, and I remember everybody who went to the bathroom. There was no lights in the bathroom, so we'd have to like guide them in. And as they're going to the bathroom, like this guy is doing really well with no light or sound. <laughs> That's what they would say, and like people and then were still loving it. The and like it, the show went, it was oh, hilarious yes. because it was so there. There was so much off of this lightly. Like you could do things, but the crowd was still so receptive. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking give it my full," and ended up doing the whole set. And then I was like, "Could you imagine if the lights came on and like literally <laughs> in the in the comedy gods of timing, the fucking lights came on and you couldn't get like a bigger way to end." The night I was like, "Are like insane how I that ended." Running up to you and be like, "Hey, do five more minutes because now that the the power's on, the girls can go print their bills." I wanted to walk off and drop my. That had been the only time I've ever dropped a microphone in my life. Yeah. But now I was like, "Boop!" Now I got to lacumber it back. Okay, sorry. Actually, I'm back <laughs> on stage. Uh, the power's back on. We're gonna need you to uh, pay all those tabs right now. So yeah. here's here's five minutes of awkward material while things just went deadly. Okay, uh, do it was. That was so. Inc- I remember you came off and your voice was hoarse, and I was like, "Thank you so much for doing that. That was insane." I think that social ended up sending me an email on that about uh, being uh, saved the night, and they loved it, and they were, "Oh, Winnipeg's Winnipeg's great because you know what? There's so many regulars that I'll have. I'll come and people will be like." Oh, we always come. We come to see you every year. And I was like, man, I don't want any favor for it. But that, would it, that's nice. Where you got like, I can't imagine having a ton of fans. That'd be weird. I, I I'm good with like most fans in Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg would be Winnipeg and Lloydminster and Regina are my three cities. <laughs> we couldn't 
be as successful as we are without like the pure fan support in Winnipeg. Like we have so many locals, so many just diehard. Oh, it's like fans. A, it's like a, and it's like a staple with the city. So yes. as soon as I'm on anywhere and something like, oh, you're Canadian, you're out of country. I was like, oh, you're from Winnipeg. So you ever go to rumors? Every time they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, you do. I was like, yeah, okay. Let's yeah. and half of actually after that, like, you do look familiar. I've seen you before. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been out together. We're like, like, oh, that's the rumors guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, some horror. We still uh, just comics that had big egos are just. You know what? Uh, I always tell people it's the ninety ten rule that ninety percent of them are the salt of the earth, the sweetest people, especially like some of the big time celebrities coming through. They couldn't have been nicer. They couldn't have been more just down to earth and you love them. But there are the 10% that are just the biggest pieces of shit. They're so entitled. They they ask for everything. They're complaining about everything. Um, yeah, it... You how, about always, the, how about the comic text leader agent to call, to text you oh, about complaining about something and you're sitting across the so, desk from the comic? I'm not going to name names, yeah, but like, I knew I, this comic was I knew this comic uh, was already super high maintenance. So uh, the way that rumors is set up, we don't necessarily have a green room, but we try to make a green room for him. It's it's literally in the office, like it's a, a desk across from mine, and we just we have like a third wall put up. And we try to make it as comfortable as possible for them. And there was one instance where this performer was just complaining about everything. Instead of complaining directly to me, she'd be on her phone texting her agent to complain. And then uh, I would get the email and I'm looking at her (laughs) while she's doing this. And I'm just, I'm so flabbergasted. I'm like, wait, you could talk to me directly. But I'm like, oh, what the fuck's happening right now? So then I text the or email back the agent and then she would like respond back and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? This is insane. So uh, that happens once in a blue moon. But uh, yeah, she she was a lot to deal with. <laughs> uh, and like but the, the here's the best thing. Rumors is a great comedy club where if you don't want to work with someone, you don't have to. So when we have those instances of that person who, yes, they sold a lot of tickets. They did very well. But I don't need, I'm not reliant on them to come back to the club um, so that those people, we just don't rebook. Yeah, you just weed them out. Exactly. I don't don't need them for my survival of my club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, Dylan for my uh, care package in Battleford just because I'm having a dip of snuff right now. Every once in a while, you get a tip in comedy, and I got uh, Skoll, a 15-pack of Bush Light. Not my flavor, but okay. And then a bag of Cheesies. If you're not Canadian, <laughs> there you are right there. I've had some oh. weird tips in my life. Uh, roast beef, cabbage rolls. Uh, Can I give you a shout out to Battleford? I spent many of summers up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, you're, uh, aren't mom, you a cut knife or yeah, something? My mama's family is from Cut Knife, Saskatchewan. So um, one of my aunts ended up uh, having a house in North Battleford, Saskatchewan, and we spent many of summers up there. Fuck you, did. North Sass. There's nothing better. It's great. Um, and that uh, that that ranch in I guess Cutknife has just exploded into like it's just it's just grown exponentially. So it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah. how, how did it grow? You mean they got more acres? <laughs> yes. So like every generation, they had a bunch of sons, and they just 
kept growing and growing and growing, and now it's 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 become a uh, a big staple for our family because when my mom died, she wanted to bury ashes at this one rock, and then every family member after that started doing the same thing. So now we have like this graveyard type thing there. Oh. Cool. Well, now I I don't want to go from that. Have you ever shit to have you ever shit your pants? I was like, I did because I just looked. I was like, oh, we're we're in over an hour. We should wrap it up. Okay, so that <laughs> yes. Uh, in oh, vague. here we go. Okay, this is good because well, Tets is lactose intolerant, so he's probably shit his pants since the last uh, podcast we did. So here we go. We're gonna uh, we'll wrap it up with if you ever shit your pants. And yeah. this actually started kind of via us talking. It, well, Hempstead well, was there. I wasn't performing with him. Yes. But we were at a round table at Chop. It was Chop, yes. And right before we were leaving, we were getting the bill. And I wasn't even going to tell the story about shitting myself and then going to get up and sitting, like getting off the bed in the hotel room. It was the, the funniest room. story of all time. And then, like, everyone, me and Tyler, kind of like, there's six people and everyone's kind of visiting. Four people are together. And I just kind of leaned over and had a moment with Tyler. I was like, hey, kind of shit my pants last night. He's like, what? I was like, yeah. I thought it was wet. And I sat up, went there. And then I. Went to the bathroom and it's like, oh the fuck! There, yeah, sure enough, there's a stain on the on the bed. So then the I was like, I was embarrassed of it. So then I was like pouring coffee on the stain and the, like the cleaning lady. This is the like, most <laughs> amazing story. And I was the one who was saying, hey Kelly, don't tell the story to our friends because I have a friend who uh, we call him Two Stains to this day because in Vegas a bunch of guys came in like and they saw his sold underwear on the ground. And we still call him two states to this day. So I'm like, hey, don't tell it. And then he immediately told it to everybody. <laughs> okay, shit your pants. Uh, a different Vegas trip. Um, we were just out on the uh, the road um, or the strip all day. And then I finally made it back to the resort. And then like as I'm approaching like the front desk of the resort, I was like, I just feel it in your stomach. And you're like, oh, shit, what's... What's going on? And I immediately like run to the elevator, and then as I'm in the elevator, I'm like, "Oh, it's coming!" Like, you couldn't run like a like a, 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 a squeeze, speed walk, a speed yeah, walk. Speed walk. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm only on like the second or third floor, and I remember just like I'm like, "It's coming!" Is out. anyone else in the elevator? No. But as soon as the elevator door opens, it's the cleaning staff right there, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And it's just starting to come out, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And I. <laughs> I run to my room, but like as I'm running, it's coming out down, and I'm wearing shorts, and it's coming out down the leg, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And I get into the washroom, and by the time I sit down, it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere, and it's so bad, and I'm just so disappointed in myself. I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, you piece of shit?" Were you were you drunk? Not even that drunk. Like we were day drinking on the strip. But like nothing crazy, it just it was something that I couldn't contain. Where 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 those underwear go? Oh, uh, they were in the garbage for sure. And then like I'm trying to clean the bathroom and like <laughs> it's a mess. There, and, is there any in the hallway in the floor? I'm sure there was. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh. I just I remember being so disappointed in myself. I'm like this sucks. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I just <laughs> I cleaned up as much as I could. And, and then I like I was checking out the next day. I'm like, all right, that's here's for the next tip. person. Yeah, here's for the next person. It was, it was, it was so disappointing, and it was just, it was, yeah, it sucked. Oh, that's great. I'm glad we got that segment in. Well, that was a nice little uh, change of things. There, you guys get the uh, 
ins and perspective of Canadian stand-up from the best club in Canada. That was awesome. Thank you, T-Bone. Happy to, happy to do it. Thank you. <sighs> now, am I going to go to the Delta or am I going to make a bet on this sectional? Well, I already uh, prepped the coffee for you. So. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Oh, and there you go to Ricky Velcourt, too. The uh, That's our one sponsor. Well, even though I haven't invoiced them for anything, so we might be at zero sponsors right now, but still drink barred beer, get player gear. Um, I got to re-talk to those guys, though, but... Uh, Sponsors aren't so getting you much things when you put out a podcast every once in a while. But okay, Ricky, that's like our 15th one on you. So I'll I'll send you that massive invoice. Okay. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Tick and tomorrow, actually, I'm doing NHL Fantasy Camp in Winnipeg and I'm going to bring this machine and hopefully after uh the show and the draft i should try to get a bunch of guys we got all kinds of tough guys uh brad may's got a great shit your pants story we went to afghanistan together uh kelly chase is there mike commodore's there holy man you could you could do hour plus with all these guys but maybe we'll uh try to get a few different stories from those guys but okay thank you very much for listening to tick with a side of tets tick with a side of tets Technical production by Dark Moon Media.